Hello everyone, good evening. Trust we are good. I trust we are a good time in church today. So much God is doing in our days. So much for what God is doing in, with, and through people. I'm excited at the kind of people around, around I have around me. Had all possibilities of what God can do and what God is doing in our days with our generation. It's such a beautiful thing, and I'm honored to bring you God's word today on the 7th of March 2021. So welcome to Zoom Empowered Living officially. <laughs> yeah. We are still on our two-week teaching team, Love Dating Sex, that's LDS. And the topic for today's teaching is Love Seek. Love Seek. And the text is Song of Solomon chapter 5 verse 8, which says, I charge you, O daughter of Jerusalem, if you find my love, that you tell him, that I am sick of love. I'll take it again. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I am sick of love. Now, in your scenario, it might be if you find my beloved, tell her. So, in other cases, it might be here. But, any which way it is, let's pray. Our Father, we are grateful. Jesus, we are thankful for, we are grateful for all that you do. We are grateful for all that you represent. Our heart is full of gratitude. Our heart is grateful, Jesus. We thank you for the opportunity we get to the end of you today. We ask Jesus that your word will be so simple that everybody will understand. Yet so prefer that it will change our lives. We ask that by the teaching of this word and by the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, everyone is strengthened, everyone is identified, and everyone is supported in the name of Jesus. We thank you, our Father. We are grateful for it. In the name of Jesus, the Son of the Living God, the Holy says, Amen. Wow. Okay. So. I think I have to start right away. Still have a whole lot of stuff to cover today. So I think I will just pick it up from where I stopped last week. I remember saying last week that love is God ordained, sex is God ordained, and dating is God ordained. And yeah, basically, just go back to Genesis chapter 1. You no, know, Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3. In the creation story, you, know, you, you will never find a place in the scriptures where the Bible says after the fall of man. That God created something. Basically, you will never find that place in the scriptures. So, meaning that everything that we find in a man was created before the fall, which brings us to emotions. You will never find a place that God said that after creation, the Bible said God created emotions. So, meaning that emotion has always been in man. So, it was not the fall that made man emotional. Man has always been made to be emotional. She gets me now. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 brightens that part out. He said to us, He said, If you therefore are risen with Christ, set your affections on things above. God was speaking to the Colossians church through Apostle Paul and was saying to them that they should set their affections and their emotions on things above. Meaning, the fact that you are born again does not mean that your emotions will die. I find this thing around the Christian circle that people just think that they are, they are without emotion because they are believers. No. The fact that you are a believer doesn't mean that you don't have emotions. And if God was writing to the church in, in Colossians and was telling them about emotion, I think our emotion is something that we should also take care of and we should be conscious about in our approach to it. Now, this also takes me to the part of sex that you will never find a place in the scriptures that the Bible says after the fall, God now created, God now made private parts for human beings. Definitely. Private parts have always been part of human beings even before the fall. So it was not the fall that made 
sexual relations kickstarts no woman woman being were always destined we always ordained to at some point in time have sexual relationships with each opposite sex or with their opposite sex in marriage now that they are married to i would like to make that clear and dating also is scriptural now i look at it from the angle of that the bible said that jacob went to jacob was there to get married. jacob was high region quote unquote and now and re- it was clear that Rachel was the person that would be marrying after seven years, but because of some factors, he didn't have the capacity to be able to take her in, which means that he couldn't own her, he couldn't take her in by a bright price because he didn't have what it took at that particular time. So he had to serve. So, believe me sincerely, in the whole of the seven years that he was serving for Rachel, what would have happened literally is the fact that they were dating now. Rachel knew that she was getting married to David and to Jacob. Jacob knew he was getting married to Rachel. So the thing is that they didn't have what it took at what it took at a particular time to get married. And I wonder what that means for you in your context. Maybe you think you don't have the money that it takes for you to get married yet. Maybe you think you don't have the mental readiness. Maybe you think you are not career-wise position to get married whatever fit you are and you think you are not ready to get married yet and you have someone that you say that this is the person i'll be getting married to but for this particular reason we are not going into it yet it's fine it's good it's scriptural jacob was in your position didn't have the means to get married but knew that he'll be getting married and had to shift it forward to a particular time to be able to do that but god never said anything against it so which is fine by the way i wanted to say that in but remember also that to all that to say that love sex and emotions are god ordained and they are god created and they are beautiful things hold that to say that but remember also that last week i said in the bible romans chapter 7 verse 10 to 13 the bible speaking to us about the law said that the law was given for our good the law was given to give life the lord was given to birth life but that very same law sin used it to kill man she gets me now so mean that something is good something is godly something is spiritual doesn't mean that it cannot be used strongly and doesn't mean that it cannot be corrupted and i find this in church setting a lot that because because something has been used strongly by someone then the whole body of christ just says this thing is wrong and we throw it away and we throw in the door and i want to ask people that say those kind of things the whole of question and i have them how many of you have gotten a phone and were duped? How many people said actually that because I've gotten a phone and I was duped, I'm not going to use the phone any longer? How many people do that? How many? I know folks that have had accidents, which is not a good experience. But how many people actually said that because I had a bike experience, I'm not going to ride, fly a bike again? How many people say that because I've had a car accident, I'm not going to drive a car? Or I'm not going to move or to be transported by a car? How many people say that because I've heard about plane crashes, I'm not going to fly by a plane? Nobody literally says that. Why? But when it gets to things contained, people naturally just want to shut themselves off, which I believe is a very strong strategy of the enemy to devoid people and to avoid them of what God has made available for them for their use and for their good. Well, I hope someone got that. That's beautiful. If 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 I can communicate that to you today, I think I will have done a very good job. Today I will be say I will be focusing majorly around emotions in relationships. I will be dealing about emotions in relationships. 
when when people say I'm in love, literally one thing they are saying is that I have a strong emotional attachment to this person. Now, maybe you don't want to use the word emotion. Maybe you want to do the Christianese and you want to do all that. No, by the message of the Lord, I'm drawn towards the beauty that God is doing in my sister. That's beautiful. But uh, to capture everything, one thing that I'm in love says, or one major thing that when you say you're in love, that means is that you have a strong emotional attach, feeling or attachment to someone. Do you get? Now I won't say something because that's not right. It's to someone. Do you get me? That's beautiful. And so and I find people ask this question a lot: that how do I control my emotions? Like. What is the best way for me to use my emotion? How best can I be emotional? Like, what's the right direction for me to for me to express my emotions in relationship? That's in loving the opposite sex in, in relationships. In one thing I would like to say, which the Bible says, is that Song of Solomon, chapter three, verse five. Funny enough, the Bible said this very same statement three times in the book of Song of Solomon, and the statement is this: He said. Do not steal love until you are ready. Do not steal love until you are ready. Now, two things that that thing says to us is that you have the ability to steal love and you have the ability not to steal it. Meaning, you don't get to a stage in your life where you say, I couldn't help it. Yeah? As I just saw him, I was just was emotional. No. The Bible says to us that you have the ability to steal love, but you have the ability not to steal love. So many times in this conversation of steering and not steering love, people go through the mist. It's like you find someone in a car that is moving towards a particular place, and the person does not alight from the car, but the person keeps shouting that I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. Now we find ourselves like that so many times. It's like we are planting a tree. We are not cutting the root, but we are keeping the tree, and we are. We are hoping that the tree will not bear fruit. So in this conversation of steering or not steering love, it's so funny that people take steps in a particular direction and at the end of it, they hope not to steer love. But the steps they are taking is a step towards steering love. And as far as you take this step, the process will lead you to a result, right? So if you don't want love to be love to be steered, then cut short the tree. Meaning that don't go in the process that will steal love. As far as you are treading a path towards steering love, you will definitely will steer it. So that love is steered means that you have trodden a path towards it. Doesn't mean that love just woke up one day and was steered. No, you trod the path that steered the love. And I find this in a whole lot of direction where I want to say to me, I want to say to guys that you are not ready to go into a relationship. You are not ready to say yes. You are not ready for it. But there is a guy that comes around you, and you know you are not ready to go out to go into a relationship. But still, yet you are condoning him. You are taking night calls. You are going for treats regularly. You are already meeting his mommy. You are already meeting his elder sisters. You are meeting his brothers. But still, yet you know you are not ready to get married. And at the end of it all, you will now say that I don't know what happened. But I just can't do without talking to him. You, are, you say something say stuff like, I didn't plan it to. It's not as if I plan to love you. I just don't know what happened and I love you. You already took the path towards it. And because you've chosen the path, you can't avoid getting to the destination that is steering off. 
I hope, I hope I can hammer this well enough that what you want it, don't smell it. Simple as that. Simple as that. If you're not ready for it, set boundaries around your life. Let it be known that I'm not ready. When you are ready, let it be known that you are ready. Don't tread the path and when you get to the result, now say that I didn't expect the result. What were you expecting? You took a process for crying out loud. Yeah, I'm not shouting at you. <laughs> I hope I'm not sounding harsh, but I, I just want to just shout the scriptures at you. I want to preach at you real hard. And I trust God I've been doing that. Okay, so I also get along this space where people get to tell me that I've already chosen the path and I'm already at a space where I'm emotionally attached to this guy. But I don't I don't I don't believe it's God's will for me. I, I don't believe it's the person that I should marry. Or you are like, okay, I've chosen this path already, but I'm I'm not ready yet to go into a relationship and I'm emotionally attached to him already. What can I do? What can I do? And it's beautiful that in these spaces God gets to give us what we can do in this direction. And God really is grateful. We are grateful for that rather. Now, I will encourage you around Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul writing to the Colossians said that if you therefore are risen with Christ, set your affections on things above. Now, I believe one thing that you can do in this whole process of I'm already emotionally attached to this person, but this is not the guy. Now, you've already been picking call for Yahoo guy, collected his money, done a whole lot of stuff, and you feel like I can't do without him, you're emotionally attached to him. In this journey of that, I believe God will want you to know that you have the right to set your affections. Now, God was ready to the Colossians, He said, set your affections on things above. When everybody, every believer, every man has the ability to set his heart. In this conversation of setting your heart, I find this a lot that people want to kill love. That you're already emotional towards someone. And people take their approach and they say that, I will not be emotional. I will not be emotional. I will not love him again. I will not love him again. Now, it doesn't work. God said to us that what a man can do is to set his love on another thing. That when you set your love on another thing, the love you have for that very thing, the earlier thing, will die off. Now, let's take an example. You already feel emotionally attached towards a particular lady or towards a particular brother. God is saying to you that what you can do is to set your love on another thing. Now, divert your love from that person to another person, to another person or to another thing. Now, if you don't do that, you will not kill the love. I found situations of people where they, they loved someone at a particular point in time, but they left that thing there and they traveled and they started saying to themselves, I don't love you, I don't love you. Until they met the person that few years back and they fell back into the very right spot they left the relationship. Because emotions don't die. God never gave us the ability to kill emotions. God himself that created us spoke to us that when you're emotional, what you do is to set it to another thing. If you want to kill it, but maybe you are wiser than God that said you should set it to another thing. But in this whole conversation, I will encourage you around that. Divide the time. If you are talking to him for 45, for 3 hours, for 7 hours in a day, share it. Move the 7 hours towards another thing. Maybe towards reading, maybe towards movies. Maybe towards talking to another person or to another folks. Now, if you discover that if you go to his place three days in three days a week, don't say I will sit at home and I will not be moved. You will sit at you will find yourself there. Decide those things that you used to go there. Go somewhere else. Be accountable to people. She gets me. Now divide that time. If you used to do a struggle with him, 
divider, divider time to other people. The commitment you used to give him, give it to church, give it to your Bible, give it to friendship, give it to family. If not, you, you will soon realize that he's not the only one that knows that okay, understand you better. People actually get you also. I believe that helps you and I believe that bless you. Sorry for taking 16 minutes. I really believe this 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 blessed you the way it did bless me. So Father, we thank you for your word. We are grateful. We ask Jesus that this word we call into you to his heart in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we are strengthened by it. We are edified by it. We are comforted by it in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you again for speaking to us. The sick are healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. For whatsoever sickness are suffering from by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the anointing in the name of the Lord Jesus be at it. Thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Thank you for tuning in. I'm at Deepo Jibolaji. So, next week, I want you to reply this this voice note by telling me, what do you want us to teach about in Zoe Bad Living? What do you want me to teach about in Zoe Bad Living? God bless you. Have a fruitful week and wonderful night. Peace.